Even before Return of the Jedi premieres next week, people are wondering if there will ever be another installment in the Star Wars saga. Our man in Hollywood, Jim Brown, concludes his week-long series on the new movie with just that question. Five days before its opening, in Hollywood, one diehard fan has already made his claim to be first in line. Star Wars has been going on for six years, and there's answers that I want to find out. You know, is Darth Luke's father and all these other things, and it's fun. It's um, mainly, I have a lot of people coming down. It's like a reunion of sorts. Even before this final chapter is in theaters, the question of the rest of the saga is being raised. There are six more Star Wars chapters in outline form. What about those early colonial wars? Or perhaps future Jedi babies with Luke as the elder statesman Obi-Wan is today? The fans say yes. I'd like to see more Star Wars movies because, well, I just like all the stories and I'd like to hear a lot more about these different ones. I want to see more of the adventure and, and I want to see more because it's more fun. I'd like to see more of his creative things, like his animals and everything. I hope they make some ones that start out from the beginning. I hope they make more Star Wars movies, but I think it's really up to the guy who makes it. Milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 111 of Blast Points. This is Jason. This is Gabe. This is a special episode of Blast Points because we are finally emptying out the mailbox. We're going through all the emails and voice messages, all the awesome stuff that people have been sending in over the past month or so that we haven't had time for in the past. We're going to clean it all out. We're going to get to I think we're going to try and get through all of them and answer everybody's questions that they've had. And I'm looking forward to this because we've been getting lots of great emails over the past month or so. And we we just haven't had that time for them. Too much going on. Too much Star Wars. It's Yeah, everywhere you turn. So by the time this comes out, there'll be like 10 more things. So we got to get it. Get it while we can. Got to get to it. This is our first one from uh, end of January here. And it's from Paul Trapp. And Paul says, Happy New Year. Hope all is well at Blast Points HQ. I wonder if you two are familiar with the following Making of Empire Strikes Back documentary from Dutch TV. 
At the 450 mark, during the behind-the-scenes footage of the Battle of Hoth, what looks like a rebel vehicle scoots through the scene. It's on treads, appears to have cannons with a bow that's a bit skiff-like. Oh, I guess he means bow. <laughs> it doesn't have a bow on it. Um, that makes a little more sense. It's like a present just for us. Was this a Star Wars vehicle created for the film but left on the cutting room floor or just some kind of snowcat used by the camera crew? Any insight? This would have made a perfect mini rig in the original Hasbro toy line. And he writes, Paul Trapp, Blast Points Fan Club, Nebraska Chapter. So I think you are the president, Paul. Yes. Of the Nebraska Chapter of the Blast Points Fan Club. I watched this little documentary, which was amazing. Thank you for the heads up on that, Paul. You watched it? Yeah, I watched that part too. Um, it does look like they made something. I mean, that was one of the things I remember from, it was the Rinsler Making of Empire book, right? Where there was a phase where they were trying to take real military vehicles, right? And kind of build things on top of them to look Star Wars-y. Um, so maybe this is one of those experiments. It's the craziest looking thing, though. And it's it goes by almost like it's a mirage. Yeah, and it's it's kind of right in the middle where you can justify it either way that, oh, no, no, that's just some sort of snow thing. But it does seem to have like a gun on it or something. So and what's weird, too, is that that little vehicle, it's not in like the Joe Johnston Empire sketchbook. It's not in like the Art of Empire. There's no photos of it, you know, and they documented everything. Maybe the... Uh the guy who was trying to do the real vehicles with stuff just wouldn't give up. And he just drove it out to the set that day. It's like, come on, <laughs> look how cool it looks. Maybe nobody will notice. And I'll just drive it into the shop. He didn't know about the adats yet. But Paul, you're totally right too. It looks just like one of those Hasbro mini rigs that were coming out. I mean, they're not making a comeback, but it was interesting to see, was it Pablo I had was posting one of those or no, it was the, uh, the art book guy. Yeah, our buddy Phil. Yeah, Phil was posting the the one that didn't come out that would snap on the front of the Falcon. Yeah, it looks just like the new NU Solo Falcon. Yeah, so, yeah, that was a neat toy line that, uh, I don't know, maybe they'll bring it back someday. Paul, thank you for bringing that little documentary to our attention. And uh, because, yeah, we had never watched that before, and it kind of blew our minds. Yeah, there's some cool little bits in there. So maybe we'll talk more about that uh, in the future. We have another email from Paul, right? So, yeah, we got another one from Paul just a few weeks ago. And uh, this is about the solo trailer episode. And he's talking about specifically the shot of Han, the kind of the silhouette of Han um, looking at the table of guys uh, playing Sabacc. And question is, any chance this is a side view of a young Jabba looking downward? Question mark. Size, color, squinting eye and settings seem to be correct, although the outline requires some imagination. Eager to hear your breakdown of the new trailer, Paul. It's interesting because I didn't even think that that possibly could be a hut. But now that you say that, <laughs> I'm kind of seeing what you're seeing. I don't know. What do you think, Jason? I see that's a thing with like, going back to our solo trailer breakdown. How you you were seeing a pike at first. Some people were seeing a hut. I wasn't seeing any of it. I still just think it's a big walnut head. I think it's some big goofy walnut head alien. I'm even going to dub this guy walnut head and I haven't even seen him yet. I even took that photo and like turned up the brightness super duper high and it still looked like a big walnut. 
Maybe it's a walnut. Cashew. <laughs> that, that's his name. Cashew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Almond. <laughs> Neil Scanlon was eating some nuts for lunch. They had one in his fingers. Genius. Well, thank you, Paul. You got an eagle eye and keep it up. Let us know what else you're seeing. Here's another one. This one is from the end of January also, and it's from our buddy Robbie in the UK. And Robbie writes, hello, Jason and Gabe. In your listener review episode from a few weeks ago, he's talking about the the Last Jedi listener review episode. I sent a voicemail expressing my love for the Last Jedi and how my girlfriend was laughing in the background at my over the top enthusiasm. You guys suggested all the ladies who go see the Last Jedi have been leaving the theater after seeing Master Codebreaker, which I think is true. Taken aback by his charm and good looks. And then disappeared to go find him in Can- Canto Bite. Well, my girlfriend left me ever since she heard that suggestion. She just walked out of the theater during the Canto Bite sequence. You turned her against me. Kind regards, Robbie J. Martin, UK. Well, you know, I'm I'm sorry to hear that, Robbie, but you can't you can't blame her. Everybody's on the quest to find Master Codebreaker. Where did he go? Where's he going to be next? What are his adventures post-Last Jedi? He was on a roll. Not now, lovey. Still the best. Yeah, he rolled right out of Cantobite and into our hearts. <laughs> Every time I've gone to see The Last Jedi, when that part comes up, I'm just like, oh, it's still so good. Like like Little Debbie should make like Master Codebreaker, like Swiss cake rolls. And then it just says, not now, lovey, I'm on a roll <laughs> on the box. Then you just eat it. That's that's all I want to eat. All right, so so what do we have next? Liam. So from end of January, dear Jason and Gabe, I discovered your podcast around the time of the last Jedi trailer freakout episode, and I have been hooked since then. I can't praise your podcast enough. Your insights into some of the more obscure corners of the Star Wars universe are always fascinating, and your running bit about losing consciousness, having out-of-body experiences, jumping through windows has generally made me laugh out loud, sometimes whilst in public, a number of times. (laughs) (laughs) It's never going to stop, unfortunately. No, we can't help it. I unreservedly love The Last Jedi, and I'll admit that some of the negativity has been a bit disheartening disheartening at times your podcast has been a perfect antidote to that long may it continue on a final note i wondered if you would be interested in signing my petition to get a master code breaker and borg gullet team up movie in production lucasfilm needs to know what the people want keep those laser swords shining and the gumballs flowing liam from scotland liam absolutely we will sign your petition yes we'll even come up with fake names and sign it multiple times are you sure you don't need a job at lucasfilm they should hire you because you seem to know what the people want they're introducing space creatures there were people that were saying the big tentacle thing from the end of the solo preview is borgullet so master codebreaker could be flying that through space he's an ace pilot but they didn't say he's specifically flying spaceships he could be flying creatures for all we know ezra did it he wrote on the whales so Master Codebreaker and Borgullet can fly down and huff some of the space fumes and their eyes can turn green and they can 
race the Millennium Falcon right into our dreams. Man, that was a wild episode of Rebels. <laughs> it was. What have you really brought me? Cargo pilot. Okay, so the next one is from Kit Curtis. And Kit writes, hi, Jason. Hi, Gabe and Jason. After watching the trailers, I'm left wondering one thing. What did Han do to the Falcon between this movie and A New Hope? It looks so new and shiny white. My guess is there is Poodoo Job for Jabba from Kit. Seriously, what goes on in the Falcon in maybe 10 years between what we can guess between the solo movie and A New Hope? I, I do like the... The explanation people are giving that the uh, those seats are made out of the plastic that they made, uh, I think, Super Nintendos out of. Have you seen those? And people are showing, you know, if you, you put a Super Nintendo in the sun for a couple of years and it turns orange. So, yeah, just, you know, it's poor craftsmanship. I mean, there was that one shot, that one picture that came out in Entertainment Weekly of like uh, Beckett and Han and Chewie and they're like sitting around. The seats are different. There's some weird thing above like the chess table. There's no like pipes hanging out of the walls and stuff. Something really jacked up happened inside the Millennium Falcon. Well, and a good example, too, is I don't think people want to admit that Han might just be a filthy slob, but his ship in uh, Force Awakens wasn't that great inside either. So he lives with a giant dog man that doesn't wear clothes. So I know it's not going to happen, but I would hope in Solo that either there's some mention of Holland Raftars or King Prana. Uh, maybe he's Prince Prana. I'm all in Raftars. I wish the Guavian Death Gang could show up or something. I guess they could, right? Kanji Club could still be around, yeah. Yeah, young Kanji Club could show up. They're like the Little Rascals gang. <laughs> That's why he calls them, you can't trust those little freaks. The last time he saw them, they were like babies. Spent that money. Conja Club wants their investment back too. I never made a deal with Conja Club. Tell that to Conja Club. So let's jump to a voice message from Michelle in Chicago. Let's hear what Michelle has got going on here. Hi, Blast Points. This is Michelle in Chicagoland. And I was going to leave a voicemail about the solo trailer, trailers. And um, I was just sitting in my car, minding my own business, picking up my kid from school, flipping through Twitter. And the big dragon bomb drops that Benioff and Weiss are making, making us some Star Wars. And uh, after the screaming subsided and I explained to my child why I seemed to be emotionally compromised, I actually read the article thoroughly and realized it said a series of Star Wars movies. Um, my first thought was, holy Dragon Balls, we're getting a, they're making friggin' Obi-Wan. But then I was like, oh, a series of Obi-Wan, I don't know about that. It seems like... The Clone Wars would have done a lot of that, and then even a little bit in Rebels would have taken care of some of that. So, I, it, so my mind immediately hyperspace jumps to, oh my gosh, what about a series of films 
based on Force users, Sith, Jedi, maybe even Snoke. Who knows? But anyway, this pure conjecture. I, I am not best friends with Kathleen Kennedy. I don't know anything. I'm just saying... Um, people have been clamoring for Kenobi for so long. I can't see them sidelining that for too much longer. And then in my mind just started racing and thinking about, oh my gosh, we could get Kenobi. We could get Plagueis slash Sidious finally. We could get Qui-Gon. We could get more Maul. We could, I mean, Yoda. We could get Yoda. <sighs> anyway, if this is, if if this is, in fact, what they're doing, I need to start eating better and exercising more because I've got to live to see this see this out, even if it's not what it is. Just the fact that those guys are in charge of some Star Wars. Uh, it doesn't really get any better than that, if you ask me. It's, it's amazing. But um, my, my solo thoughts were, um, I, I thought the trailers were great. And um, I think I just need people to start compartmentalizing their their feelings about Harrison Ford and Han Solo because Alden Ehrenreich is not Harrison Ford. In fact, this is a, this is a fact. I think, and he's never going to be Harrison Ford, and he's never going to look like Harrison Ford. Or or and I wouldn't want him to. I don't want to mimic. I want an actor's performance of a character. And quite frankly, like you guys were saying, Han Solo at this point in time may have been a completely different type of person. Maybe what we're going to see in this movie is what turns him into such a pessimistic kind of jerky uh type of dude. So, everybody just needs to calm down about that because it doesn't matter what is in the movie. The guy is not Harrison Ford. Get over that. It's, it's just, it's fact. So I think the trailers look great. I think Alden Ehrenreich looks great. I freaked out at the fur coat Lando. That's just way more than I ever expected. Uh, I was hoping, my, my highest hope was a an assortment of capes of different colors, perhaps, but the fur coat put it over the edge. Anyway, um, thank you so much for your podcast. You're still my favorite. And I look forward to uh, hopefully a freak out soon about the, um, the Benioff Weiss announcement. That's on my wish list. So thank you. All right. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, thanks, Michelle. Um, let's go over some of the stuff she was talking about real quick. Game of Thrones dudes what their thing is going to be about. She was talking about, are they going to be force users, the early days, Snoke and whatnot? Who knows? Maybe. It seems safe to say, though, they're probably not going to do an existing character, that they're probably going to do something new, but maybe not completely new, right? Because they said a particular time in Star Wars... I still, in my gut, think Ryan Johnson is doing something that had something to do with what we saw in Last Jedi. I still think something with... I don't think that's the last time we're, we're going to go to the Achu planet. I still think that's, you know, the first Jedi. And I don't know, Ryan Johnson might have already called dibs on that, you know? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I, I even think with uh, Game of Thrones dudes... 
who even knows if their movies are going to be, they said a series of films, but if it's not going to be like three movies, it could be different stories for all we know. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. It could be, I mean, they could just be in charge of the Star Wars stories, figuring out what those are going to be. And, and maybe there's a loose connection between them or something. Yeah, it's it's exciting because we're finally to the point which everybody really was complaining about previously, where it's like, oh, it's just about the Skywalkers and it's just this and that. Like, we have no idea where they're going to take these things, which is really exciting. I wouldn't be surprised, too, if Lucasfilm was like, hey, these Star Wars stories, let's have, you know, what everybody's like. Oh, there's there's not one person in charge and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, well, maybe let's put these two people as like, the creative people that they, the directors will go to for the star Wars stories kind of situation. And I don't know. Michelle was talking about the, the Kenobi. There were rumors recently about George Lucas in Belfast that Lucas is doing the Kenobi movie. I mean, I almost wanted to just do the Kenobi movie so people can just stop wondering about it. Yeah. But it does, it would seem odd for them not to do it unless they just decide they're not doing the story films anymore. But I don't, I got to think they're going to do something with Kenobi. But like we've said in the past, uh, Ewan McGregor's got like 30 more years that he could do a Kenobi movie before he's too old. So they really don't have to be in a rush to do it. I almost feel like he's not as old in real life as he kind of was supposed to be at the end of Revenge of the Sith. I would love for Lucas to come back, but I don't see it happening. No. No. Somebody spot him at a spot him getting noodles and a diet coke at a restaurant. I'm just trying to relax. He's making a movie. And yeah, everything she was saying too about uh, Harrison Ford and all Naren Reich. I think people are going to warm up to him over time. Yeah, it's it's always hard to hear one sentence and see a couple quick shots of somebody and really get a feel for how they're going to be in a whole movie. And and it's Star Wars fans, you know. Star Wars could show up at Star Wars fans' house, mow their grass wash their car and give them 200 bucks cash on the way out. And they'd be like, mm, not quite as expecting. I'm kind of unhappy. That's not how I would have mowed the lawn. I liked a lot of it, but I've got there, you know, there are some plot holes in the way they gave me $200. Just some things that just don't make sense. If you think about it. Yeah. You could have gave me 200 $1 bills, but you gave me 20 $10 bills. It's not acceptable. Next up, we have a email from Barry Wallace. He says, hey, guys, uh, number one, I'm sure Phoebe Waller-Bridge will be fine as the voice of L337, and it'll be nice to have a female droid again. But if it's going to be Landode co-pilot on the Falcon, the producers missed a great opportunity not casting Dan- Danny Pudi as the droid. L3 and Lando in the morning. Unfortunately, I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, that reference goes right over our heads. I guess we're old now. <laughs> uh, number two, will we meet a young pre-cyborg Lobot? If if Han's a big hit, and if we ever get like either a Lando episode of the Star Wars TV show or a Lando movie by itself, that's the time for Lobot. In the comic, if you haven't read the Lando comic, the Lando comic does Lobot so good that if they did a film version, I hope they kind of follow the comic because that was was a good it was good stuff. It'll make you cry. Hold on. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You didn't think you could cry about Lobot, but you will. And it's not like a joke. It's like for real. So number three, maybe this has already been noticed, but the little maneuver Han does in his land speeder against the bad guy in the bike is the same thing he does in the Falcon slamming against the TIE fighter later on. Cool callback. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, and I was thinking, too, um, the stunt of the little stormtrooper guy going flying through the air is very uh, Ron Howard Grand Theft Auto. Mm. Stunts. Crazy stunts. I'm Ron Howard. This is Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto is a love story. With cars. Also, it's a comedy. With car crashes. So, number four here. Will Frog Guy sing a cover of Lopty Neck and will Jabba eventually eat him? I would say I hope so, and I hope not. I hope that one day there will be a TV show episode just about singing Frogman. Yeah, I don't want Jabba to eat them, but there's probably a pretty good chance that he will eat them. Or he is a she, and all his babies are what Jabba eats, which is even worse. Which is even worse, but maybe that's what happens. At least then she can keep singing. And last, he says, I think we're definitely watching the fabled Kessel Run in the space storms with the Star Destroyer and the Ties. I wouldn't doubt that's the mission Woody Harrelson is sending them on. Great show, guys. Barry. Well, I I also wonder, too. um, uh, Thank you, Barry, by the way. And I I also wonder, too, if that's uh, the train heist. Oh, is all part of the uh, Kessel Run? I wouldn't be surprised. If it's like a uh, it's like a scavenger hunt movie. It better be like Midnight Madness. (laughs) The great, the great all nighter. Leon shows up. Han and Beckett and Kira and L three three seven. They go to the Paps Blue Ribbon Factory. Eddie Deason shows up. Hug me. Hans neighbor comes by. A strategy board. (laughs) (laughs) Whole theater would walk out. You'd be two guys, one in Michigan, one in Chicago. (laughs) Tears. I didn't know. I didn't know it was going to go to Midnight Madness. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. We don't know L3 and Lando in the morning, but we do know Midnight Madness. So. Yes. Thanks, Barry. Thank you, Barry. So up next, we have got one from Brandon. And Brandon writes, Ryan Johnson's new trilogy is reportedly going to explore a different part of the Star Wars galaxy, literally or metaphorically. Other movies are probably also going to depart from the familiar characters and places from the existing movies. With that in mind, what element or combination of elements are needed to make them feel like Star Wars movies for you? Great question from Brandon. What do you think, Gabe? That's a good one. It's interesting because it is like... It's hard to put words to it, but it's like I think about Phantom Menace and how much I like Phantom Menace and how 
Star Wars-y Phantom Menace feels without being really that much like the other Star Wars. So, you know, there's spaceships, there's aliens. There doesn't necessarily have to be the Force. It's kind of the fantasy element, maybe, that it looks the whole, it looks sci-fi, but it feels more like a a fantasy kind of film. I don't know. What do you think, Jason? My my thing has always been with that is just keep a little picture of George Lucas in your back pocket, which I do all the time anyways. Keep that Lucas weirdness at bay, but keep it in there. You know, which I think is something Last Jedi did perfectly, where keep it weird. You know, go like Last Jedi went new places. It told a Star Wars story in a familiar and different way at the same time. And it sprinkled in little touches of the weird. To me, Star Wars is that. It's it's a little bit of the weird, a little bit of the goofy. Um, keep it Flash Gordon. Keep it pulpy. You know, I, there were people when after the solo preview came out being like, oh, is, is that what the music's going to sound like? And it's like, no. I think Star Wars movies, there are certain rules and they always should have the big scores, the John Williams S scores, whether it's John Powell or Michael Guacamole, you got to keep it big and theatrical little things. Like we were saying last week, I honestly want a star Wars musical. You know, if they ever want to make a cool dude, star Wars movie about Boba Fett, whatever, do it, but keep it goofy. Keep it a little weird. I think that's a good point that it's the star Wars feel is you have like equal parts goofy, but a little bit serious too. Like there's there's some depth to it, but on the surface, it's just like rubber frogs singing and and robots with subtitles. Like it's that mishmash of yeah, like high art and low art, everything thrown together. It's like I guess it's like the buffet at if the Sizzler have a buffet because if it did, that's what Star Wars is. Let's jump over to a voice message from Chloe. Hi, Jason and Gabe. This is Chloe from Saratoga Springs, and I would like to leave a voicemail of what I thought of Solo, A Star Wars Story, the trailer. So some of my thoughts are, one, my question is, who is the guy with the stone-like mask and the black furry cape? What I really loved about it was I liked the last scenes when Han, Chewie, Lando, and Kira are in the Falcon and they are dodging the tentacles of some sort of creature. I really thought that um, they did a good job on the trailer, and I can't wait to see the next one and how the movie turns out. Bye. Thanks. P.S. I really think you guys do a great job on the show. It's one of my favorite Star Wars podcasts in the world. I, me and my dad really like it. We listen it, to it in the car wherever we go, and I think you guys always do a great job. Thanks. Bye. That's probably the best message we've ever gotten ever. I would agree. That was a very wonderful message. We've never had a fan of the week, but you're the fan of the week, possibly the whole month and maybe the year. So thank you, Chloe. Yes, thank you. To answer your question with the guy in the stone mask... I don't know. We spend way too many hours a day thinking the same question. Who or what is that guy? Or 
that gal? Is it a she? We don't know. It could be. That's you're right. I I was driving the other day and I was like, wait a minute. We don't know. We don't even know that's a guy. There's no way of knowing. And, you know, the mask, the sides of the mask kind of look like a Rogue One tank driver. It's just like a character created to drive us crazy. Because doesn't he have like a, a Boba Fett, Jango Fett knee pad, too? Oh, I didn't see that. I don't know. We we don't know. But the good thing, Chloe, is we only have like less than 100 days now until we find out. Time is going fast. So the next one here is from Steve Mitchell, and he writes, as requested, here are some Star Wars questions. All right. Number one, ever played a Star Wars RPG? If so, what class and species was your character? Uh, Nope. But uh, if I only had more time, (laughs) I don't know if I had to just off the top of my head, I'd want to be a hammerhead that takes a lot of naps. Oh, that's a good one. I haven't actually played any of the RPGs, but I did get really into the um, the minis game, which was more of a kind of a combat game with little figures. I played that a lot for a few years, um, and I did get sucked into the Galaxy of Heroes for quite a while. But I think if I had to pick, I would probably be a robot, a droid. I remember, what was it, Celebration 3? It was the Friday night we got into Indianapolis, and we set it up, your miniatures, on the bed. Of the hotel room. Living the, the party life. Um, <laughs> question here. Uh, favorite Star Wars blaster? Ooh. I will say I kind of like Jango Fett's chrome blasters. I either go completely classic with Han's blaster or be, even before you said Jango, I was thinking, yeah, but Jango. I also really like Padme's End of Phantom Menace blaster. Yeah, that's a hot one. I will have to say, though, that... Uh, Ray's blaster she got from Han is creeping up my favorite blaster list. I guess I'm a sucker for the chrome ones, but that's a, it's a good, yeah, it's almost like a Naboo version of Han's blaster. All right, next we have favorite alien species. That's a tough, that's like picking your favorite child. (laughs) It's like whatever aliens are listening right now, I'll make sure I pick them. But if the ones aren't listening, then, you know, maybe I'll mention a different one. Can I say Yoda's? Because I like Yodas and I like Yaddles. Yeah. Or the second place Mon Calamari's. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. Because whoever I pick, I'm going to regret it later and think of someone I like better. I don't know. I like, what are they, how do we say it? Nautilins, Natalins, Kitfisto species. They're good. Mon Calamari's are good. Amana men are great. Mm-hmm. That's what I would tell you. That's my favorite love song. When a man a man loves an a man a woman. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> what does he have next? <laughs> uh, your favorite action figure. I don't know. What do you think? I can't think off the top of my head. I think when I was a kid, it was always the, the classic R2-D2 figure. But recently, I can't get enough of the Black Series K2SO. I get a, I get a, lot, of, a lot of joy out of him. Oh, actually, here's a here's I think my real favorite one is the uh, it's actually the Lego General Grievous that's like twelve inches tall. I actually have two of them. I have one on my desk at home and one on my desk at work. So I think I spend the most time looking at that. So I think as of right now, that is my favorite action figure. 
newer stuff. I really like the uh, the Watt Tambor that came out for Attack of the Clones because he doesn't be barely moves and all he can basically do is put his hand up to his chest to adjust his knobs. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give a special shout out to uh, the Power of the Force Leia with the really weird face because I think I paid about $50, $60 for it back in uh, 94, 95. So I'm going to say that that's my favorite because I paid so much money for it instead of eating for a week. If I had to go vintage, like the, the old Ben Kenobi with the lightsaber in the arm. Yeah, there's so many good ones. Uh, favorite playset? Oh, that's easy. I had the Death Star when I was a kid and hours, hours and hours. Uh, I'll have to say the Micro Machine Death Star. Ooh, hot. Yeah. Yeah. I played with that a lot in college. <clears throat> Favorite collectible? I know what yours is. What? It's your Obi-Wan Saber. Yes, my Obi-Wan, my Master Replica's Obi-Wan Saber and my Sideshow Obi-Wan Mythos statue. Mine would probably be my Attack of the Clones clone bust that I unfortunately dropped and chipped part of the shoulder, but I still love it. How did you drop it? I kicked and knocked it off my desk at work. <gasps> Every time I look at it, I shake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two more. Favorite piece of John Williams score. And it doesn't have to be the same favorite from our John Williams episode, if you can't remember. Currently, I'm still loving uh, the, I still never know how to pronounce it either, the Scurzo for X-Wings from Force Awakens. Otherwise, I'm going to go with Yoda's theme. I think if I'm going to pick something new, it's, I think it's, is it the spark? The music they play when Luke and Leia meet up again? That's my, the hot damn right now. Is it the part when Luke walks out? That, I guess there's that part and the part when he sits down and talks to Leia, too. Um, and last one, what's your most watched episode of Clone Wars? The, um, the Yoda arc, the last three, four episodes, whatever. I think... I think mine is probably Lair of Grievous with Grievous and Nadar, the Mon Calamari Padawan. I watch that one a lot. Those are great, Steve. Thank you. So we had an email earlier from Robbie, and we also have a voice message from Robbie in the UK. So hit it, Robbie. Hi, Jason and Gabe. This is Robbie from the UK. Um, I have many questions. I wish I could ask all of them, but I'm not going to be greedy and ask multiple, um, nor am I going to steal other people's time to ask questions. So um, I just thought I'd ask, it's, it's more of like a conversation piece, I guess you could describe it as more than a direct question. Um, but I just wrote, I wrote down the, the list of questions I was going to ask, and I, I wrote it this way saying, am I the only one who feels really lucky to be loving all the Star Wars movies coming out so far. Um, like, like I, I genuinely love all nine Star Wars films that come out. They're not they're definitely not perfect. Um, there's definitely issues, um, even with, like, I love Rogue One, but there's, there's character issues there with Rogue One, at least personally for me. Um, and there's some issues here and there with um, the prequel trilogy, but I, I still love the prequel trilogy. I grew up with them. Um, and I almost feel like, I mean, you guys are a bit older than me, but... I, I I mean, I grew up with the prequels, so I always feel lucky in a way that I didn't grow up with the original trilogy. 
Um, I grew up with the prequels and I have a soft spot for them and I really enjoy them. Um, but then obviously I grew up with the, the special editions as well, so I really enjoyed those. And now we're in this era of, uh, of Disney with, with uh, the new sequel trilogy and obviously the standalones. And I've genuinely loved all of them, even like, especially after the, the divisiveness of The Last Jedi, um, which if people don't like that, that's obviously completely cool. That's subjective and that's what cinema is all about. But um, I genuinely love the, the classic storytelling of the original trilogy, but then I also love how crazy and interesting and different The Last Jedi is. Um, I love everything in between. I love the prequels. I love uh, Rogue One and Force Awakens. Um, and I just, I genuinely, not in a bad way, like, if, again, if people didn't enjoy uh, Last Jedi or, or the prequels, that, that's, I understand, it. it's all subjective, but I feel lucky that I love all of them, and I don't feel like I'm just being a Star Wars fanboy um, saying, oh, anything that was Star Wars written on it is good, because that's certainly not the case, um, but I just feel lucky, uh, like, when Last Jedi came out, and there was all this backlash, and I was like, I, I don't know what to say, I loved the film, and I loved how it challenged the, the, the almost like the formula of episodic films and mix things up a bit and with the villain and with Snoke and with Luke. And um, I just found it so interesting and so refreshing. And I, I, I just don't know what to say. I, I, I just feel blessed that I love all these films so much. And the second the movie comes out, I want the art of book. I want the making of book. I want the novelization. And I was just more stories to watch um, in the Star Wars universe. Um, and I was just wondering if you guys felt the same. If, if you, because I know you guys really love the prequels. Um, the Phantom Menace is right there and Attack of the Clones for Gabe with Count Dooku's speeder bike. Um, understandably, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, bl- I'm blabbering on, but you get the idea. Do you guys feel lucky that you love all these films? And do you think you'll continue to love um, all of them in some capacity um, in the future. Anyway, uh, thanks for the great work, guys. You guys are awesome. Um, and uh, just keep up the great work. You guys are fantastic. I look forward to each episode every single week. I think that's an interesting point to bring up because we. I think we've talked about this. Like After Revenge of the Sith, we kind of were like, well, all right, Star Wars is done. We loved you, but you're dead now. Uh, we made peace with it. We moved on with our lives in like the whole sale to Disney and new films. It's like... I never imagined that we would get this wonderful gift of new Star Wars stuff. And yeah, there's always going to be things in the movies. You know, every movie has issues. There's no perfect movie. And these movies are really only perfect in people's minds, I think, because when you're, you know, a little kid, you don't overanalyze stuff. But as long as we're getting movies that are goofy and silly and fun and feel like a Star Wars movie, I'm not going to turn that down. Sometimes I think about it where I feel lucky because, like, I was born in 76. I got to see all three of the original movies in the theater, and I don't know if I didn't see those Star Wars movies when I was a kid. I don't know if I'd, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. I wouldn't be doing a Star Wars podcast right now. We're talking about the great novels. <laughs> <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have a soup making podcast. Here's how you make great stews, soup points. No, we were all lucky that we get the gift of Star Wars, whether people love it or they don't like Holdo or whatever. We're all lucky. <laughs> if a movie comes out and you don't like it, there'll be another one in six months. Maybe you'll like that one. And, you know, oh, maybe we'll get burned out. Maybe we won't. But I will take a fountain of Star Wars drowning me over 
not having, you know, the opportunity. Like it's even if every movie from solo on is just, I can't take it. I still have all the old movies and I always, there's always the hope of something new. I don't know. I just, you can't really have too much of a good thing. I don't think. So the next one is from Alexandra and Alexandra writes, hi, Jason and Gabe or Gabe and Jason, depending on who is reading this. So you asked four Star Wars questions. Here are mine. Number one, do you think we'll get a film that falls between Empire and Jedi, which explains where Luke went and how, and how Lando got in with Jabba? I don't know about a film. I could see a book, though. An animated show. I still think it would be great to get some animated stuff in the original trilogy to sequel trilogy timeline, especially as long as I mean, we still have Mark Hamill and, and Harrison Ford, like... You know, an animated an animated thing would be great. And if you want to get weird for a story between Empire and Jedi, there is Shadows of the Empire. But um, we don't talk about that. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to talk about that anymore. Uh, number two, which deleted scene from which film would you add back to the uh, back into the runtime, and how would it change the saga? Well, that's easy. You put the the Wampas spying through the walls in Empire Strikes Back, and the whole thing takes off from there. Uh, there and there's so many good ones. We could add Nakitula back in just because. Actually, I really want the scene in uh, Force Awakens back in where Asti says light speed or whatever he says. Copy that. Roger, light speed. Is there any other speed? That's the one I really want. I want uh, B-wing pilot Grandma, Rebel pilot Grandma. Red six squad of fighters have broken through. Six squad fighters have broken through. We're starting our attack run on the main power tree. Repeat it, I didn't hear. We're starting our attack run on the main power tree. We're starting our track run on the main power tree. Yeah, that really changes the film. Maybe she was Tally's grandma, and Tally joined the resistance because her grandma was like the greatest fighter pilot of all time. That could be. If I take this seriously, and I don't know if it counts as a deleted scene, I do still wish the uh, the Qui-Gon talking to Yoda was in Friends of the Sith. I think that that would, in a way, I think would kind of change the saga. At least would clarify things without having to get into Clone Wars. It would have brought the, the prequel saga, that storyline, full circle. I like that Qui-Gon's name got mentioned, at least. But it would have been great to hear him and directly acknowledge that he is part of the cosmic force. Three, what do you think the chances there will be a third Ewok film to finish out the trilogy somehow? This is something I think about every day. One day we'll finally get to talking about the Ewok films on here. We still don't know what happened to Sindel. Well, in the, in the EU, I think she ended up being a newscaster or a reporter or something. <laughs> but that doesn't that doesn't count anymore. So there's a lot of Star Wars coming, and I have a feeling we'll be seeing Sindel again. I mean, they could they could justify a third Ewok film with Wicket and some buddies heading out to Han and or Leia's funeral somewhere, and they go on a wacky adventure on the way. With we can I can finally get my gray haired Wicket. I keep talking about. Tiege would come back. They get Wilford Brimley still alive, right? Yeah, I think so. Somewhere. 
number four, why aren't there Sith ghosts in the films, do you think? Well, and even that goes into the deleted Qui-Gon part where kind of Qui-Gon talked about how only what through selfless, selflessness and compassion could you retain your consciousness, which was something the Sith could never do. So Luke Skywalker, Last Jedi, it's all right there. Uh, anyway, I hope you have a fun week. Keep well, and I'll be listening to your next podcast. Best wishes, Alexandra. Thank you, Alexandra. Great questions. Yep, thank you. one here is an email from Cameron and Cameron says, Hey guys, I recently discovered your show and think it is hilariously awesome. In terms of solo questions, I have a few. One, will we get an official Sabak deck like the one from Celebration 2015? Two, if The Last Jedi was Black Diamond, what would the working title for Solo be? Another Kiss album? And three, do you think Donald Glover will outshine Alden Ehrenreich and four, will you guys be disappointed if we don't see Han's key moments like the Kessel Run and Han meeting Chewie? Uh, sorry for a lot of questions. Just curious. I think the film is going to be great. Keep up the good work, guys. Now, if only we can get Alden to play in a Star Wars Connect dance-off. Well, you know, because he's Han Solo. Thank you for everything you do, Cameron. All right. So, number one, will we get an official Sabak deck like the one from Celebration 2015? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, especially since I think I gave mine away. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish I didn't know. I never opened mine because somehow we got let into like the 2015 celebration cantina stage. And uh, the guys from Lucasfilm gave us those decks and I've never opened mine. I have a couple friends who are really into board games and card games. And I ended up giving them to them because they would probably, I think they actually were playing them, but I kind of wish I kept it. But yeah, I would think maybe we'll get like a real Kid, kid friendly one. There should be an app, Sabak app. Yeah, why is it there? <laughs> if the Last Jedi was Black Diamond, what is the working title for Solo be? It, in reality, it was Red Cup. I think if it was a Kiss album, it would be the Ace Freely solo album. I can't think of anything else it would be. I hope the end credits of Solo is he's back in the Corellian groove. I've been running scams on the street since I was 10. I'm going to be a pilot, best in the galaxy. Uh, do you think Don Glover will outshine Alden Ehrenreich? Eh, maybe. He'll definitely be cooler, but that's just because Lando's always going to be cooler than Han. Did Billy D outshine Harrison Ford when they were on screen together? Possibly. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, will you guys be disappointed if we don't see Han's key moments at Kessel Run and Han being Chewie? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't. I think we're going to see both, but I won't be disappointed if we if we don't. But I think we will. Yeah, there's a good chance we will. If it's all new Han stuff, I'm totally cool with that. I think my only regret if we don't see Han meeting Chewie is I'm really hoping we see a other Wookies and b Chewie's family of Wookies. So that's the main reason I'm rooting for some Han meeting Chewie action. It's okay, everybody. He's gone. How are you? Mom. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, huh? Your son's been doing your crotch. Saved my tail more than a couple of times. Oh, 
Molly, I'd love to, but I can't. I gotta get back to the Falcon before somebody stumbles across her. Hey, will you look at Lumpy? He's sure grown, huh? So let's jump over to voicemails and let's hear what Marissa has to say. Take it over, Marissa. Hi, guys. It's Marissa. And my daughter has a question about Star Wars. Hello, Jason and Gabe. I am Amira. My whole name's Amira Martinez, and I'm six years old. What's your question? Why did Anakin Skywalker joke Padme? Yeah, that's a tough one. What do you think? I don't know. That's kind of mean. Didn't he love her? Yeah. Why would you do that to someone you love? Well, Anakin definitely had uh, some anger issues at that time. I don't think he meant it, but it doesn't make it okay. No, I I think it's like what uh, what Kenobi says. Your what does he say? Your anger and your lust for power. It's it's warping his brain. He's not. Anakin isn't thinking straight in that third act of Revenge of the Sith. And I, yeah, when that mask is being lowered on him, it's like what Ryan Johnson said in that. Uh, that Q&A, you know, that, that look on his face when that mask is going down on him. At that moment, it's like, oh, no, what did I do? Yeah, and it's definitely he's letting the dark side take advantage of his anger to make him stronger. But he's basically forgetting why he wanted that power in the first place, which was to save Padme. Pretty much everything, that's the great thing with the prequel trilogy and how it relates to the original trilogy, because he is in that suit that whole time, just hating himself for what he thinks he did. He thinks he killed Padme and their child, one child. And then in the original trilogy, of course, when he discovers that, well, no, at least she lived long enough to give birth to this kid, this Luke character, I didn't kill her. And so maybe there's parts of this I don't know about. And maybe Palpatine isn't the buddy I thought he was, you know? All right, so there's a second part of Marissa's voice message here, but that was great, Amira. Thank you. I also had a question. Who is your favorite background character from each movie? So that's episode one through eight, including Rogue One. They don't have to have a speaking role, or they can who's your favorite background character well let's, we'll just let's, let's just go we'll but we'll do it together episode one i'm gonna say rick Oli. rune hako episode two i'm gonna say Klee Lars. honorable mention to the droid that flies dooku's ship <laughs> uh what time well, it's gotta be what tambor okay episode three birthing droid tarful okay rogue one more off i'm gonna say radis's helpers Ooh, the white mon calamaris all right Episode four, Boshek. Uh, the Imperial guy that's walking down the hall talking to Vader with the real snooty face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> snooty face. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Ugnaughts. Uh, the Ichuda droid. Return of the Jedi. The Asian guy with the red headband in Jabba's Palace. I love that guy. <laughs> I'm going to say Crix Madine, even though maybe he's background, maybe he's not. I don't know. Does he count as background? Uh, yeah, he counts. Force Awakens. G897. Yeah, I'm also going to go G897. Okay, Last Jedi. Oh, actually, the, the, the spooky dudes on uh, in Snoke's throne room. The, the hyperspace navigator guys with the purple eyes. Because Master Codebreaker doesn't count because he's not a background character. 
I'm going to say the Cantabite police guy that's uh, flying and wearing goggles. So next one here from our buddy Dave Hackerson in Japan. He says, hey, Jason and Gabe. This is good old Dave Hackerson here in Japan, sending my burning Star Wars questions through the ether to the other side of the world. There are two questions that I have long weighed on my mind. The first concerns Kit Fisto. I know that feeling. Why is this happy-go-lucky Jedi always smiling? He's having a good time. That's what I'm saying. I'll answer right now. He's, he's enjoying life. Yeah, he, he listened to Qui-Gon, and uh, he's following the, the will of the Force, and the Force wills him. To have a good time. <laughs> Second concerns the clone troopers post Order 66. We've heard lots of speculation in the old EU, but nothing really definitive has come out in the new canon. We know some retired, such as Rex, Wolf, and Gregor, while some remained in the service of service of the Empire, like the clones serving as an Imperial Guard in the Lords of Sith novel. Do these older models get special privileges in the Empire akin to what veterans are afforded today? Personally, I would love to see some show up as bounty hunters in the Han Solo movie. It's in their blood, after all. I hope these topics are not too heavy. Let me know what you think. Best regards, Dave Hackerson. They talked about it a little bit in the episode with Rex Wolf, right? Where they kind of, some of them got jobs as uh, training recruits, I think, right? Yeah. And didn't, like, Rex and everybody, they took out the things for the advanced aging? No, they, they took out the chips for the, the Order 66 chips. By the time of the original trilogy, I would think a lot of them are dead. Well, it seemed like they aged quicker, but they didn't die quicker, if that makes sense. We now know Rex lives till Return of the Jedi. It would be pretty cool to see a clone bounty hunter. Man, maybe the our mystery guy in Solo. Maybe he's a, a an old clone. Well, I mean, that boggles my mind, too, because technically Boba Fett is a clone. So technically, you know, if Boba Fett has a beef with Han Solo, what if this mystery bad guy is a clone and Boba Fett, does Boba Fett feel like a kinship with the clones, you know, because they're all him and his dad? I think that's one of my biggest regrets with Clone Wars getting canceled is they never really got to do an episode with Boba kind of coming to terms with all these people who look like his dad. Well, if they ever do the, the Boba movie, there's something to something different them to do that would be cool in solo but i would be like man kasdan's been watching some clone wars episodes (laughs) so up next kenny kenny wellbank And Kenny asks, why do you think Leia and Han named their son Ben? My completely insane theory is that after Luke left Dagobah and Yoda and Obi-Wan to discuss the second Skywalker child, maybe Obi-Wan started appearing to Leia as a force ghost to train her. Maybe? I don't know. That is a good question. Why is their son named Ben? I always thought it was as like in honor of Luke in a way. That Leia and Han both really respected Luke, and they kind of did it as a they knew Luke would like it. And I always thought too that um, Ben was kind of like the catalyst that got the whole thing started. 
Leia's mission was to bring the plans to Ben Kenobi on Tatooine, which led her to Luke, which led her to Han, which started this friendship that, you know, set a course, new course for the whole galaxy. So Ben Kenobi kind of really was what got the whole thing going, aside from R2-D2. But you can't name your child R2-D2, which maybe you could, but I think people have. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be great if Harrison Ford walked down that catwalk, (laughs) R2-D2, take off that stupid mask. So here's the next email from Lawrence, and Lawrence says, Hi, Jason and Gabe. I have a question for the upcoming mailbag episode. Is Maz Kanata in The Phantom Menace? In Anakin's house, there can be seen a statue that looks suspiciously like Maz. Could she have been a character they intended to use in the prequels? I know it's a stretch, but Maz certainly would have been around at the time. You can also see the same statue on page 120 of the Visual Encyclopedia. Obviously, this could be a coincidence. However, Star Wars has a long history of digging up and reworking unused characters and concepts. Did Maz Kanata exist in some dusty notebook in the archives at Lucasfilm? Could the design of Maz be based on that statue? Maybe it's just a piece of scenery that I'm reading way too much into, or maybe it was meant to be Rats Tyrell. What do you guys think? Only Borgullet can know for sure. Thanks. Keep up the outstanding work. Lawrence Fish. I don't know. I've seen that, too. It very well could be something somebody saw. Because I think the cool thing with the new movies is the people designing things are fans of the old movies. Same with the prequels. The guys designing the prequels were fans with the old, old movies. So it does all kind of feed into each other. What do you think? I don't think it was intentional. But I really like the idea that Maz, like if somebody wants to like retrofit it to canon, you know, if Maz has been around for a thousand years or whatever, and if she's like this legendary figure, and if somewhere on Tatooine there was someone who carved a little statue of Maz and it was sold, that could be, you know? Or if Maz was selling souvenirs from her castle bar, take home a statue of Maz. Well, that's the fun thing is there's a very good chance at some point in a film in the future, if there's Maz, we could see Maz selling those statues or something like i mean we we're just talking about with uh rex people were like hey rex kind of looks like the old guy in return of the jedi and now that's kind of become a thing so it's a strange future we have i wouldn't put anything past anybody at this point All right, there's the next one from Jason Holland. And Jason Holland writes, Hi, guys. For the episode question, what are you all looking forward to most about Galaxy's Edge? I'm a big Disney fan. Can't even process the news coming out about this new attraction hotel experience. What do you think? Also, there's a Sizzler in Orlando, and it's near Disney. The only Sizzler east of the Mississippi. And then he gives the website SizzlerOrlando.com. So when you come to see Galaxy's Edge, there you go, Jason. Well, thank you, Jason, for that amazing tip about the Sizzler. What are you looking forward to? What are are your hopes, expectations, thoughts on Galaxy's Edge? 
I guess I'm most looking forward to going and not immediately having a heart attack and dying. <laughs> so if I could get past that, the little tidbits about the toy store, if that's true, if there's really a toy store in there and it's really run by a toy Darian and you really can buy handmade Star Wars toys that look like the toys that were made in universe, like the toys that little baby Jin had, that might be all I need. I'll be done after that. I would just like to talk to a droid and I want to eat some Star Wars food, maybe talk to a droid. The one thing that I think about all the time is I went to the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas when that was open and I got to have the the pleasure of talking to a Borg who was completely in character as a Borg the whole time. And it was just so much fun just drilling him with questions as he was trying to stay in character as a Borg. So I'm looking forward to some absolutely wild conversations with people that have to stay in character as Star Wars people. Little things like that will be amazing. The rides are going to be sweet. The whole thing is going to be amazing. And yeah, I'll probably die there. But having conversations with a Rodian or something could put me right over the edge. Star Tours announces the boarding of the Endor Express, non-stop star speeder service to the moon of Endor. All passengers, please prepare for immediate boarding. Here's our last voice message. Uh, this one's from our buddy Jacob. What's Jacob got going on? Hello, Jason and Gabe. This is Jacob. Long-time listener and second-time caller calling for your fans' questions episode. So, three questions. Two are related. One is a request. First question. Since both of you are artists, I'd like to know who is your favorite Star Wars artist and why. Second, what is your favorite piece of Star Wars art and why? Third, the request... Could one of you guys do an impression of C-3PO? And thank you, and may the Force be with you. Very good questions. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to not say Ralph McQuarrie and not say Joe Johnston because even so much of the, uh, the new art for the new films is so much in the spirit of those guys. And Nilo, who came in around Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Well, I think it's... a tough question because there's this artists that make star wars and then the artists that make star wars art there's so many to choose from yeah that's true because you know you, you walk around the uh especially at celebration like the the art the art section and it's like those people are all amazing too mm -hmm. all the all the comic artists over the years yeah um the poster artists like the, you know, the Drew Struzan posters are great. And there's so many people who've been doing it for so long. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the original, the original tag team champions of Macquarie and Joe Johnston. All right, then, you know, I'm going to go. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Doug Chang. Uh -huh. All right. Yeah. Uh, favorite piece of Star Wars art. Yeah, it's like picking kids again. I can do mine. I know I, I, I have it framed uh, in our living room. At my house, it's the Dan Mumford's. Uh, it's a newer poster he did of the the attack on the sail barge. 
I love it a lot. But Return of the Jedi is my favorite movie, and the sail barge part is my favorite part from my favorite movie. I think if I had to pick one Star Wars art, it's probably um, it's Joe Caroni's uh, The Drawing of Vader in His Meditation Chamber, Thinking of Padme. I don't know. There's something about that that just gets you in the gut. I love that. that I love that drawing. I'm with you 100% on that little gem from Joe Caroni. Our buddy Joe Caroni has been on the show like 25 times, too. Uh, can we do a C-3PO imitation? Gabe, I want to hear yours. Bells, bells, bells. <laughs> How's yours? We're doomed for certain. Uh, my joints are almost frozen. Did you hear that? Uh, They've shut down the main reactor. <laughs> bells, bells, bells. All they do is ring. Bells, bells, bells. What happy thoughts they bring. Bells of every kind and sort. Bells to play and bells of sport. Chiming what the hour is now. All right, here's our last email. This one's from Jeremy, Jeremy Craig. Hi, guys. I just discovered the podcast, and I love it. For you guys are out fanboying everyone. I have a question. I recall in 4 through 6, ships jumped into, quote, hyperspace, ain't like dust and crops, while in newer ones it's referred to as light speed. Without getting too far into the physics, going at light speed, a ship would take years to go from one system to the next. So a warp drive, like FTL hyperdrive concept, makes more sense and sits better with sci-fi dorks like me. Any insight appreciated, and keep up the good work. Thanks, Jeremy Craig in Singapore. Wow. Boy, I, I don't know. I will admit, I in Last Jedi, I did think that was weird that they said they can track us through light speed instead of hyperspace. That always jumped out to me in the movie as odd. I don't know if I thought about it that deeply, but I guess in my mind, it's like I'm going light speed but while I'm going light speed, I'm in hyperspace. So the, the usage of it was weird. But I guess the speed of light in a galaxy far, far away is faster than it is here because it is fa- space fantasy, not science fiction. It's almost it's one of those Star Wars things that they use them interchangeably and they it's or like parsecs, right? Like Star Wars maybe uses them in a different way than science uses them. Star Wars and science starts to get real fuzzy. Yeah. Let's keep thinking of those good questions there, Jeremy. I like it. So we have one last thing, right, Gabe? We have a, a question from somebody I, I know. Okay, so let's listen to this message from someone you know. Hi, Gabe. Are you ever going to do a podcast about the evolution of Battlefront? Hmm. So that is my son, Ethan. And I don't know. Will we? (laughs) I know uh, we've talked about maybe doing more video game stuff. Uh, That could be a fun one to do. Absolutely. Because I loved the old Battlefront games. The old, the, the, was it PlayStation? PlayStation Two and I, lo- I love Battlefront Two, the the old Battlefront Two, the original Battlefront Two. Yeah, that would be interesting. And there is actually some story there because there was a Battlefront Three that was pretty far along before it got canceled too. I mean, there's videos of it 
uh, floating around on YouTube. So there's definitely a story there. So yeah, maybe we will. Thanks for the question, Ethan. Well, that's it. Those are that's our listener questions. We had a lot of them, and we thank you. kind of hero is four feet tall? What kind of hero is blue and silver? What kind of hero chirps and beats and flies into battle against the evil Darth Vader? R2-D2 is that kind of hero. R2-D2 is back. Star Wars is back. Star Wars, rated PG, parental guidance suggested. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Yes, same deal as always iTunes reviews, leave one, write something. We'll read it on an upcoming show. And check out Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, the Cosmic Force. (laughs) And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any episodes. Keep listening. Keep sharing it out. Keep doing what you do, folks. We'll be back next week with another brand new episode and probably tons of news about 10 more Star Wars movies that were announced between now and then. 15 TV shows and they're going to keep it coming. So yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. And thank you again for all the messages, everybody. We love it. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. like I was telling you. During the war, when I worked for the government, I worked on the strategy board. Hot May! May the force be with you.